Halloween is now behind us, and while it seemed to be mostly uneventful, there was definitely one story that stuck out in particular for being just absolutely insane. And we could go into the background of everything piece by piece, but the way it was reported on the college football subreddit and subsequently made its way onto Twitter is just so perfect that we don't dare alter the delivery method of this news. And the tweet in question was from user Tim Medden, who simply uploaded a screenshot of the Reddit news submission on that college football subreddit, which already included updates to the story, with his caption being, at no point did I know what the next word was going to be for any of it. Here you go. Texas special teams coach Jeff Banks' monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick-or-treater last night. Update. There is more. Banks apparently left his wife and kids to be with a stripper named Pole Assassin, and the monkey is hers, and a part of the act. Update two, Pole Assassin confirms that a child was bitten, denies it was serious, but does confirm that the monkey did bite a child. Update three, Pole Assassin says the monkey is an emotional support monkey. A lot going on. As you can see, wow, what a story. Yeah. And one that was honestly made far more entertaining by the constant discovery of facts relating to the initial accusation of a monkey biting a child, which is strange enough on its own on Halloween with a trick-or-treater. Yeah, and just the way this all trickled out, like it started with just sort of rumors on the internet. It's like, okay, so the special teams coach uh, of this one college football team uh, has a monkey that bit a trick-or-treater. What? Okay. It's not, it's not actually his, it's his just girlfriend. Just more information trickling out. A, stripper. a lot of he said, she said, a lot of blame being passed uh, to various parties. Yeah, but uh, now let's dig a little deeper here and see how this all played out because Sports Illustrated immediately jumped on the case and they did an entire article on this thing, one which included more details, including just how bad that monkey attack was. We always tell you, primates, you don't fuck with primates. You absolutely They do will not. rip your fucking face off. The Texas Longhorns' underwhelming football season took an unexpected turn Monday night. A Houston-based photographer named Tom Campbell tweeted he had heard from a reliable source that a pet monkey belonging to Texas special teams coach Jeff Banks had bitten a child on Halloween. Quote, I'm hearing a report from a credible source that Texas Longhorns special teams coach Jeff Banks' monkey allegedly attacked and seriously hurt a young trick-or-treater last night on Halloween. The monkey's jaws apparently had to be pried off the small child. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, they reiterated the fact that the monkey didn't actually belong to the coach and confirmed that its owner was Banks' girlfriend, Danielle Thomas, a.k.a. Pole Assassin. Pole Assassin. Uh, the animal is a white-faced capuchin named Gia with her own Instagram page who used to perform alongside Thomas when she was a pole dancer known as the Pole Assassin, who was featured on the Jerry Springer Show at one point as well. Uh, and yes, there is a video from the Jerry Springer Show of Pole Assassin, as well as Instagram video of her and the monkey performing their act together. Yeah. Uh, we'll leave a link to the article <laughs> below so you can check all that out for yourself. Yeah, I've done some clever blurring here, but uh, you know, the monkey does have its own Instagram page. And uh, dare I not show any Jerry Springer footage on here for them, I'm sure they're very eager to come after YouTube channels to yeah. get some of that ad revenue. But uh, yeah, she did do a full performance on Jerry Springer, but without the monkey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but how did this monkey, who has seemingly performed around hundreds of people a night without incident, suddenly become violent and attack a child? That's how it goes, though. Well, it looks like Pole Assassin was hosting a custom-made haunted house-style walkthrough attraction in her uh, yard, where kids could come enjoy the sights and sounds of Halloween when she claims that one of the children ventured outside of the sectioned off area before encountering the monkey and suffering a small bite. From the article, which now uh, or contains the now deleted tweets from Paul Assassin's Twitter account. 
I had a haunted house on one side gated off slash he had no permission to go past the gate. I had no idea he went in my backyard, she tweeted before deleting her Twitter account. Neither did I know anything about a bite until a doctor of neighborhood told me the treat a small bite. These are her words. No parent have contacted me about it. A 11 slash 12 year old child should know better than to enter someone's yard without permission and old enough to also follow the rules, she added. The rules were when you get to the gate, turn around and come back out for candy. Every other parent and child did so. People lie so much it's ridiculous. Stop believing everything you hear and more of what you see. Shake my head. But what if? What if she was telling the truth? What if some booger eater went where they weren't supposed to, ignored multiple signs, trespassed into an enclosed area, and stuck their arm deep into a monkey's cage in an attempt to pet the animal, and instead got bitten in the process? That, that would be... certainly piss me off as a monkey's owner. Yeah. Not saying it's entirely the kid's fault. Kids are fucking stupid, as we all know. But if what Paul Assassin showed in a follow-up video is true, it might have been extremely difficult for a child to get bitten by her emotional support monkey by simply walking through her haunted yard. This is sad that people have to go all out of the way to prove that a person is lying. Here's the gate. Here's where all the haunted house action happened. And yes, I do clean up fast. The shit's gone. <laughs> Here's the gate that every child and parent was told to turn around at when they got to. It was closed and blocked off with balloons. This is how far the kid went in my backyard without permission, all the way over here to where my animals live. And watch this. I don't even play when it comes to my animals, and I know all the legal rules on them. Do not enter emotional support animal, no touching. How can she viciously bite someone if they don't stick their hand in there where it don't belong? This is her home and her home only. It's already clear as day on the gate. Don't touch. No one's allowed back here without my permission. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's basically trespassing. And going to a section of her house that was twice removed yeah. from the haunted yard. Uh, and going into an area where there were animals in enclosures. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and with, she, with lots of signage. At uh, face value. Yeah, there is signage. And at face value, she was actually trying to do something nice for the community. Hosting a little haunted attraction. This all assumes that the monkey was in the cage at the time, That as well, yes. So, we still don't really know who to believe here. We've got a full-blown mystery on our hands. The, I get this entirely relies on whether the monkey was indeed in the cage locked away from people. Yeah, like, did she have a costume that involved a monkey in some way? Some, like, Jumanji-themed costume, perhaps? Or just enjoys the monkey's company and, uh, you yeah. know, had, had it out. She's used the monkey in her stripper act. Like, it seems plausible that she would use the monkey in her Halloween uh, performance or costume or whatever. People like seeing monkeys. Yeah. She probably likes the attention of people who so, like seeing monkeys. if the monkey was, in fact, in its cage at the time, then, yeah, it's the kid's fault, yeah. 100%. But we don't, we don't know, know that. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, this, this mystery that we've got on our hands it involves a college football coach, an exotic dancer named Pole Assassin, and her emotional sport monkey who also serves as onstage dance partner. It's, it's ever, it has all the makings of a wonderful uh, made-for-TV movie. From the people who brought you <laughs> the Zola story. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully the kid ends up okay, gets all the shots that he needs. Yeah. Uh, and luckily, there was an actual doctor present, not someone who was just dressed up as a doctor. I'm so, a doctor. <laughs> so it se seemed to have been treated pretty quickly. But uh, uh, what a weird story to come out of an otherwise uh, uneventful Halloween, a bizarrely quiet Halloween this year. 
Uh, I usually don't enjoy uh, too much of the, hey, here's what the celebrities were dressed up as, but Steve Buscemi went as the fellow kids. Uh, the, the thing he pl- portrayed in the, the meme, show. Yeah, yeah. The meme, his, yeah. His throwaway joke from over a decade ago on 30 Rock that yeah. was literally five seconds of Steve Buscemi playing a high school student with a skateboard over his back saying, mm-hmm. "What? how do you do, fellow kids? He, it's, it's all gone full circle. And yeah, he, he wore that for Halloween. It was sick. Uh, 90% of uh, celebrities outside of that were just Ted Lasso. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. A, a show that I tried starting to watch recently and sorry guys I, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on other things it's just not for me <laughs> well Apple TV doesn't work on Roku so I'm out of luck too yeah my, my wife bought a MacBook Pro and so we got the the free whatever six months or a year mm-hmm. like alright let's see what the fuss is about and I'm like too much joy this, for you Elliot? this is this is the show you all love too much happiness in one show it's uh it's a comedy with zero laughs um what I saw. I don't I know. Funny. I don't know. I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get what people get out of it. But if you if you love it, good for you. Congrats. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was at this point in the script when I was writing it that I got completely sidetracked by some amazing and horrific fan art that was posted on Twitter by Fofo-Ro. Oh, God uh, And that reimagined uh, Elliot and myself as those NFT animal characters. And aside from giving the artist a shout out for planting us permanently in that world, uh, it is also a great segue into our next couple of news stories, including this one, which includes the most mind-numbing explanation of how video games and NFTs will coexist in the very near future. Written by someone who I can only assume does not love video games at (laughs) all, because their hypothesis on NFT integration in mainstream gaming is one of the most bleak, one of the most counterintuitive that I've ever heard. Aside from its many unsettling presumptions about how or why people even like playing video games in the first place, it's also predicated on the idea that pay-to-win mechanics are actually beloved by the video game community, which is absolutely not true. Yeah. Um, And it's also, you know, pay-to-win. It's something that hasn't been exploited enough. We haven't gone far enough they only what pay-to-win can do. They only hate pay-to-win because they haven't seen the ultimate (laughs) logical conclusion. When you see it, you're going to love it. Uh, so here's this is an article in Bloomberg Wealth that no actual normal person would ever read, titled "Into the Metaverse: Where Crypto, Gaming, and Capitalism Collide." Uh, but we will look at it for you. Yeah. This section in particular stood out, and let's just go ahead and read it to you in full because this is the future of game monetization that is apparently fast approaching. Sorry, gamers. Imagine being able to earn money by playing Mario Kart, that indefatigable Nintendo spin-off series from the pre-internet Super Mario. You wouldn't have to be all that good at it. You wouldn't have to play it 24-7, because in this mind experiment, you get to be Mario for as long as you like. You get to be him because you own him. Because your Mario is an NFT. He's impossible to duplicate. You and you alone own him. And because you own Mario, your go-kart is always better and faster than the ones piloted by other familiar faces in the Mushroom Kingdom, like Luigi, Toad, and Princess Peach. So off you go, earning the kingdom's digital money. Mario coins, let's call them. Given market economics, you might have to pay more for NFT Mario than for, say, NFT Peach. But then you'd also earn more, because here in the Mushroom Kingdom, Mario is the fastest player. When you step out of the game and back into your day job, you still own Mario. When you start playing again, Mario is there, waiting for you, waiting to earn you Mario coins. You can sell Mario to another player if you like. If you played Mario right, he might be worth more now than when you bought him. Maybe you've demonstrated how lucrative Mario can be. Maybe more people want to play Mario Kart. Maybe Mario Coin has soared in value because everybody is talking about it on social media. This, in a large nutshell, is what GameFi evangelists are trying to build. Are you 
more or less excited about the future of gaming right now, Elliot? I think I'm done. <laughs> You're going to hang that's, up the controller? That's enough gaming for one life. <laughs> we had a good run. Millennials are now done. It is gen Generation Z's time to ruin gaming. Yeah. We ruined gaming with uh, repetitive yearly additions to franchises that had absolutely no business having yearly adaptations of their games. Yeah. And now Generation Z is going to integrate NFTs into gaming, thereby finally dealing the, the death blow to the entire pastime. Yep. Yep. So uh, we have that to look forward to. Imagine a game, imagine a, a world where, where uh, FIFA, uh, but you own Zlatan. <laughs> Nobody else can play him. He's mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like Cristiano Ronaldo. It's like this one guy, Notch owns Cristiano Ronaldo. He's my guy. Nobody else can play him. He's and mine. Notch, Check the blockchain. Yeah. It says right there, me. And if whatever billionaire owns one of the best soccer players in the world in FIFA or, or whatever uh, doesn't want to play, then nobody ever plays against them. The team is is without its star player. And uh, yeah. Yeah. All the, all the annoying aspects of gaming that have come with like you know, microtransactions, in-game purchases. Mm -hmm. It's all mostly cosmetic. Take all of that and just make that just the entirety of what gaming is. Yeah, weapons with an effect like, on actual success. In, in like the game. Call of Duty Warzone, it's like, oh well, this one sniper rifle is really good, but uh, only one guy owns it, so uh, you know he kind of has an advantage over everything else. Yeah. Uh, do you like riding four wheelers around? Well, uh, this one specifically is mine. Mm -hmm. There's only a hundred in this entire map. And they all belong to people, and you can't use them unless they log in and you kill them for it. Um, uh, lots to look forward to. But uh, look, that's just the presumed future. Uh, the current crypto climate isn't exactly a ray of sunshine in and of itself. Um, case in point, one of the biggest rug pulls of the year just went down in the early hours of Monday morning, leaving plenty of would-be investors with absolutely nothing. And all it took was a flashy, recognizable name and the hope that this coin would be the next big thing. The Squid Coin was based on the hit Netflix series Squid Game, and it was being hyped up for well over a month with a constantly climbing amount of followers, investors, and those who took part in the coin's play-to-earn mechanic, where you could apparently take part in online versions of the schoolyard games shown in the Netflix series in order to earn more of this token. Uh, it, it should be important to point out right now that uh, this had absolutely no connection to the actual series or Netflix. This was a completely independent thing. The guy who created this fucking show must be just so frustrated that yeah. no one is wildly successful and no one seems to have gotten anything from it except their, you know, everyone's insatiable lust for violence and death. Yeah. yeah that's uh, exciting. But apparently, they, like, Netflix didn't uh, provide him with a bonus or anything like that uh, based on the success of it. Yeah, or... I mean, that's kind of fucked up, but uh, I... I I think it's got to be more frustrating that everyone loves Squid Game and they're embracing it as this thing when the whole thing is the most thinly veiled, like, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, cautionary tale about, like, runaway capitalism that he could possibly make to the point where it's like, hey, man, chill with the, you know, this is a little too on the nose. Mm -hmm. Apparently not. So yeah, you got this squid coin, and this was one of like several rug pulls in this last week. It's it was like a hell of a week for rug pulls. Mm -hmm. Just crypto nerds just getting grifted left and right. You love to see it, but uh, yeah. So with the squid game thing, there were a lot of the tell telltale signs of imminent doom were there. Uh, suspicious accounts constantly hyping up the crypto, spelling and grammatical errors in the white paper. And worst of all, the apparent inability to actually sell the coin at all, even leading up to the inevitable rug pull. Yeah. You so buy it. Why would you want to sell? And if you want to, you can't. I'm sorry. 
But uh, you'll be able to game. sell it soon. Don't worry. And we're all gonna be rich. And we're all gonna be rich. And everyone, you're, we're all gonna be laughing. Ugh. Yeah. We're all gonna be dressed up like those Americans, the VIPs. We're gonna have human furniture and cool masks. Mm -hmm. That's what the Squid Game's all about. <laughs> Being rich and watching other people fight to the death. Cause yeah. you you just you got all the you got on the ground floor with Squid Coin and now you're fucking loaded and they're flying you out to a secret island in the Pacific Ocean where everyone's you get to watch, dream. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The the goal that every American has. That's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, here's the Washington Post with more on what played out over the weekend and into the early hours of Monday morning. On early Monday morning, the value of a squid coin collapsed from a high of just over $2,860 to effectively zero as cryptocurrency traders watched the token's unknown creators clean out some $3.3 million in funds, according to digital records. The maneuver, known as a rug pull in cryptocurrency circles, occurs when a token's creators abandon the project by exchanging many virtual coins for real-world cash. They quickly drain liquidity from the product, effectively driving the coin's value to zero and leaving other investors holding the bag in an apparent scam. Quote, Squid Game Dev does not want to continue running the project, the developers wrote on their <laughs> Telegram channel Monday, saying they were depressed by scammers and overwhelmed with stress. The last message on Squid's Telegram channel, posted shortly after funds were drained from investors, tried to divert blame elsewhere. Sorry again for any inconvenience been made for you, the message reads. If any strange starts coming out of it, ignore it. Thanks. Someone shows up and challenges you to a paper flipping contest. Please ignore them. <laughs> But no, this thing, I mean, these all these rug pulls suck for a lot of different reasons. I mean, yeah, everyone gets cheated out of their money. Uh, but it also um, brings a lot of negative attention to uh, legitimate crypto marketplaces. I want to try my own rug pull. It seems like it's really easy <laughs> to, like, scam these idiots. Just, yeah. like, uh, what's really cool right now other than Squid Game? Us as Lazy Lions and uh, whatever the ape one's called. I'm going to make, like, uh, Doomcoin. Yeah. And you can buy uh, sandworm NFTs. You can get a sandworm with sunglasses, a sandworm <laughs> with a little party hat, a uh, sandworm smoking a giant cigarette. Yeah. It's uh, great. Obviously with no cooperation or authorization <laughs> from the <laughs> Frank Herbert estate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we're doing it our way, mm -hmm. fast and loose. And uh, yeah, and then I'm just going to pull that rug out and uh, fuck off. Yeah. There you go. But uh, yeah, it's just... Just another reminder for all of our technology-forward crypto enthusiast viewers out there to be careful and vigilant in the digital wasteland. But uh, while crypto rug pulls are just one of the latest digital crimes to make headlines, there's always old reliable digital money laundering. Hell yeah. And surprisingly, this next story about digital money laundering actually doesn't have anything to do with cryptocurrency. It's actually the result of last month's massive Twitch data breach, which resulted in leaked information including the incomes of the highest paid streamers involved in the site's partner program. Apparently, primarily in Turkey, people were using partnered Twitch accounts to funnel dirty money into clean payouts by the millions. So uh, everything was apparently going just fine until the Twitch leak exposed some channels that were making way more than they should have uh, based on their viewership and chat interaction. Were they using super chats to funnel I believe uh, dirty bits, money? In? Bits, subs, super chats, uh, mainly bits because bits can be refunded. Yeah, bits, okay. Um, here's Dextero with more. Holy shit. It is alleged that a total of $9.8 million was laundered through fraudulent credit card transactions on Twitch, primarily in Turkey. Twitch says it has taken action against multiple streamers in Turkey for abuse of the platform's monetization systems. The scandal first gained attention after the infamous Twitch hacks in which the income of the site's highest earners was leaked. Following this, users noticed that streamers with a very small following were earning a lot of money every single day. 
According to Middle East Eye, these streamers only had around 50 viewers, but thousands of dollars were transferred in the form of bits. It's alleged that hackers stole credit cards and then arranged with the streamers to donate money to them using bits. The streamers would then refund 70 to 80% of the money back into bank accounts owned by the hackers, keeping the rest. Um, That's, yeah, classic money laundering. Yeah, and it's, it's bits. Uh, Super Chats is YouTube. Yeah, I was confused yeah. as well, yeah. Uh, the I'm article, a boomer. Yeah, the article continues. In a statement to Dexerto, uh, Twitch said they took action against 150 streamers in September for abuse of its monetization tools. Quote, Recently, members of the Twitch community have expressed concerns toward the legitimacy of some creators' revenues in Turkey. We want to assure our community that we do not hesitate to take decisive action against accounts engaged in prohibitive content. We take efforts to combat and prevent financial fraud on Twitch on a regular basis, and in September alone, we took action against over 150 partners in Turkey for abuse of our monetization tools. Furthermore, Twitch says that it is working with anyone affected by the scam who reached out to them and will, quote, continue to identify and remove any broadcasters found to have engaged in financial practices that are in violation of local laws or Twitch policies. So that damn leak ruined it. Yeah, they had a good little system going there. I bet people were fucking pissed when that shit uh, hit. They were just like, no, everyone's going to know about our amazing money laundering It's scheme. a perfect scam unless somehow... All, every user on Twitch's uh, <laughs> financial information gets leaked. To but the, the chances of that happening are essentially zero. This is owned by Jeff Bezos. Who would ever take all of that and leak it willingly? And finally today, an update on a story that we've covered uh, a few times in the past. The mysterious Los Angeles jetpack man who was seen flying high above the city, spotted by citizens as well as airline pilots, but who has constantly eluded authorities looking for an explanation and uh, to potential charges. Yeah. Because, yeah, if... You can't really do if that. If this was, yeah, you, you, it's very serious. LAX is a very busy airport. You, <laughs> yeah. You're going to get someone killed. So this is still technically a mystery as to who or what was flying above the city. But a recent report from the FBI exposes one theory that might explain things. Here's NBC News with more. Authorities investigating a series of possible jetpack sightings over Los Angeles believe they may have identified an explanation for the mysterious reports. One that requires no fuel, no engines, and no high-flying technology. Quote, one working theory is that pilots might have seen balloons, the Federal <laughs> Bureau of Investigation and Federal Aviation Administration said in statements after NBC Los Angeles obtained police video and photos that appear to show a human-shaped inflatable toy floating above Beverly Hills. The theory gained support after images captured by a Los Angeles Police Department helicopter crew last year showed a human-shaped balloon believed to be a life-size Jack Skellington <laughs> of Tim Burton's A Nightmare Before Christmas. Thousands of feet in the air. <laughs> the images showed what could have been a single balloon from a Halloween decoration that broke loose and drifted into the sky. And the images provided, it is definitely Jack Skellington floating. So it is a, a large human-shaped yeah. thing that is floating. And uh, as we know, uh, winds can shift. Yeah. And you can hit like a certain stream of air that makes you float sideways or up or down. And uh, it seems plausible. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. it, is, it is weirdly shaped like someone who would look like it wearing a jetpack because, you know, the balloon parts are separated in mm -hmm. different things. And it looks like like this and it has parts sticking out yeah. like this. Uh, it's believable. It's believable. This is another side uh, the, uh, byproduct of our shouldn't have been because of our helium shortage. Yeah. They're wasting it. They're wasting it on Jack Skellington balloons. But uh, the article continues, officials said Monday that after more than a year of investigation, federal agents had been unable to find additional witnesses who saw or recorded video of any of the flying objects reported by the pilots either in flight or falling to the ground. Quote, 
The FAA has worked closely with the FBI to investigate every reported jetpack sighting, the FAA said. So far, none of these sightings have been verified. Retired airline pilot and aviation consultant Ross Amer said Monday, the balloon images seem to fit with what the jet pilots reported. Or maybe this is just what they want us to think. Yeah, is this like a new Jack Skellington balloon that just came out in the past two years? Because it is weird that this would there'd be multiple sightings over like several months. I liked the- Maybe people were just uh, more cautious before. Uh, they kept a hold of their Jack Skellington balloons and didn't let them float away and then uh. just a couple of accidents happened. Or maybe it was- you know, balloon companies, I would assume, maybe that like that year, it was just like, eh, you know what we haven't done in a while? Jack Skellington balloons. Let's yeah. pump out a bunch of Jack Skellington balloons guess, and everyone bought them at like Ralph's or something. I guess there aren't really that many balloons that have like a humanoid shape. I still like the theory that it was that, uh, that stupid drone that you can buy that's just like an inflatable jetpack mm-hmm. suit, but yeah. it's, it's just a quadcopter drone that you can fly. That seemed to be the most reasonable explanation at yeah. the time. And it very well could be. Cause like that one, you watch videos of it and you're like, yeah, if you saw that from like a couple miles away, you'd be like, holy shit, it's a guy in a jetpack. <laughs> yeah, that's believable. Like, yeah. yeah. So, It'd be like if someone was flying a ghost around on a drone uh, on Halloween, that is a ghost. Yeah. That is an un- unidentified flying object that looks like a ghost. But yeah, it's maybe it's one of those things where before you see or you hear that it's Jack Skellington, you look at it and you're like, oh, what could that be? And then someone says, oh, doesn't that resemble Jack Skellington? You're like, that's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. So they might have solved this case. We don't know. But they are. They, it does seem like this is probably the last explanation we'll hear. There hasn't been a sighting in like uh, at least a year at this yeah. point. So, so whatever it was, it stopped. Yeah. Helium shortage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, That's it for today's episode. We'll be back soon with some tech news. But in the meantime, please check out our most recent episodes of Weekly Weird News and News Dump. And have a great uh, rest of your week before the time changes. Oh, God. It's getting dark real early. So enjoy whatever light you have left. Bye. Or seasonal depression.